Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811, the Highland Park shooting. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They just passed this law, didn't they? 18 to 21-year-olds couldn't buy rifles and all kinds of other kinds of things in this law that we told you wouldn't matter. They don't matter. And they're not going to matter. We've got a huge problem in this country. And it's a cultural decay. That's what's going on in this country. Cultural decay. The decay of the civil society. The war on cops the way that human life is viewed, whether it's abortion, infanticide, whatever the issue, a lack of punishment, a lack of discipline in our schools and homes. In so many ways, the old way, quote-unquote, worked, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But the culture is in deep decay. Deep decay. And it's only getting worse and it's only going to get worse. For a number of reasons. Now, 68 people were shot in Chicago over the weekend. 68 people. Seven were murdered. Could be higher by now. I lost count, quite frankly. Two officers were shot in Philadelphia. 
unbelievable. You had shootings in Minneapolis, eight people. New York, 50 shot, nine killed, 50. And this horrendous mass murder in Highland Park. Highland Park has an assault weapons ban. A very stringent law, as a matter of fact. Um, and the killer who shot 45 people, seven of whom are dead right now, 45 people from a rooftop. Uh, the weapons he purchased, <coughs> excuse me, he purchased after his uh, dealings with authorities. He had many dealings with authorities and attempted suicide. They went to the family home. They removed 17 knives. They removed some other weapons. Um, On social media, he indicated at one point he was going to hurt himself. He indicated at another point he was going to hurt others. Many people he was going to harm. He'd been uh, dealt with, whatever that means, by mental health professionals at one point. And he climbs to the roof of this building in Highland Park, Illinois, and fires at least 70 rounds. He reloads a killing spree. People who are marching, people who are parading, people who love their country, patriots. He's obviously mentally ill. He obviously has a history of mental illness. He didn't exactly hide his uh, his views of life and murder, whether his own suicide attempt or the murder of others. And so the very people who are responsible for keeping us safe in this society are looking elsewhere to put the finger of blame. And they're pointing the finger of blame at guns. The Second Amendment. And the people who support it. Every time one of these horrendous events occurs, many of you and I are made to feel like we're guilty of something. While these self-righteous politicians, their surrogates and their followers in the media and elsewhere, stand up like they have some righteous position in society because they have the solution. They have the solution. They always have the solution. But in truth, they never have the solution. We have a ruling class in this country that is incompetent, unfocused, in many ways ideologically driven. We have a ruling class in this country that's given in to the mob. We have a ruling class in this country 
that does not learn from the past, does not embrace experience, that demonstrates what in fact can be done in circumstances like this. We're breeding future generations of angry, jealous, and hateful individuals with racist theories and arguments, with attacks, with attacks on the nuclear family, where fathers are needed. But the truth is there have been many people raised by just mothers who don't turn out to be mass murderers. But a father figure helps. But fathers are denounced. The nuclear family is under attack. And so to me, this is all coming to a head. We cannot have faith in the public square, you know. Why not? Separation of church and state. That's not what the Constitution says, and nobody's trying to impose their faith. We're not a theology or a theocracy. We're not doing that. But people have a right to the free exercise of their faith. No, 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 they don't, you see. Prayers out of the school, silent prayers out of the school, the Ten Commandments can't be mentioned, the Bible can't be mentioned, can't even be studied. And then, of course, if you're failing, it's not your fault. It's the system's fault. The system. So you're taught not to accept responsibility or accountability. If you fail, it's not on you. A nation suffers from within. A nation dies from within. When it's at war with itself. And you can see this, and I'm not the first to say this, Jefferson, Story, Lincoln, so many more made the point that if America fails, it will fail from within. From within. We don't need Joe Biden getting up, yelling at the top of his lungs, or these phony governors who have a lot of control over their states. Or the clowns in the media wringing their hands with the only solution they can ever come up with, gun control. Gun control. Because it won't work. It won't work. It's not working, even in the cities and states that have it, and a lot of it. And guns are heavily regulated, despite what people say. We're not going to keep guns from coming over the border when we don't have the will to keep people from coming over the border, and fentanyl from coming over the border. Guns will come over the border. 
when you undermine the Border Patrol and ICE, when you undermine local police departments, it takes a toll. So that most of the people speaking to you today who are in positions of political power or governing power have failed us. So the ruling class is not going to point to itself. It demands more power. It demands more of your freedom. That's what it demands. This is a knee-jerk reaction. The Republicans who helped the Democrats pass the bipartisan bill a couple of weeks past should know this was all predictable. But they want to be seen as doing something. Something. It is impossible to have a perfect system that catches somebody like this and at the same time doesn't violate our Constitution. In fact, it's impossible to stop every situation like this, even in Marxist regimes and fascist regimes. We just can't be everywhere. We don't want to be everywhere. But for those who jump up with their knee-jerk response, like the fool in the Oval Office and others, as if they know exactly what to do, that's why we will never address this in a comprehensive way. That's why unless we we somehow, some way, undertake the daunting task of taking our culture back, of defending families and faith, of having normal classrooms, and have pride in the civil society, pride in our police, pride in our country. You're going to see more of this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, during the break, I googled what was the greatest mass killing in American history. And they all point to guns, and there have been some horrible mass killings with guns. But the greatest mass murder that I can think of, was Timothy McVeigh. 
168 people were murdered at that federal courthouse with a truck filled with fertilizer. You look at Washaka, Wisconsin, and their Christmas parade on November 21 last year. 62 people were mowed down, six were killed. People remembered that for about 24 hours. Remember the Sarnov brothers, the Boston Marathon, the number of people who were severely wounded, backpack bombs. Something's wrong. But the idea that we're just going to start outlawing things of this sort simply isn't going to work. Putting aside the Constitution, the law, and all the rest, it's not going to work. In fact, if you are mentally ill to the point of where you are prepared to kill others, or you're not mentally ill at all, you're just a cold-blooded murderer, and you can't get a handgun or you can't get a rifle, then you will obviously be motivated to find other ways to do what you do or do what you want to do. So what we have here again, and it's almost every time, is a record of somebody who is having severe issues and did not keep them secret. And the question is, what do you do about that person? That's the debate we need to have. But we're never going to have it as a nation. And why is more and more of this going on? You hear these people get up and say this is uniquely American. It's not uniquely American, but that said, well, then what do we do about it? Well, it's the gun culture. No, it's not the gun culture. It's the culture. We've had a gun culture in this country since its beginning. We had rifle ranges in public schools. We had kids who brought their weapons with them to school. We had a much more open and ubiquitous use of weapons 50, 60 years ago than we do today. No, it's much deeper and broader. It's a daunting, daunting problem. But as long as the media and others in this country want to exploit this, uh, we're not going to get, get it resolved. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N, 
for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. I, and I think all of you, those who believe in this country, want to thank the officers on the ground in Highland Park. They ran toward the danger. I'm not going to play the gunfire where you hear the rounds popping off very, very fast. As uh, the mass murder was shooting into the crowd. And, um, you know, this is a suburb of Chicago. People were coming to celebrate the founding of the nation. And dozens of them were shot and seven of them were murdered. Maybe more will die. Those police officers swarmed the area as fast as they could. The killer was dressed in a uh, woman's outfit. Uh, Got away. This was all premeditated and planned for a period of time. As best as I can put this together, he took off for Wisconsin and then would later come back to Illinois, not too far from where these shootings occurred. Um, so there is that. So the, uh, the police did their job. As for the multiple instances with this killer before he killed and the problems that he had, as I said, he, he had seen uh, health experts, local police had come to the home where he and his family lived and had taken what they thought were all the weapons out of there. And um, I don't don't get it in this sense. They talk about registering for guns. If you attempt to kill yourself and if you're online talking about killing other people, And you've had the mental health experts look at you. You you don't even wind up in the database. They have gun control in the town. In the town. It's just again, I I, it's the it's the the failures at the top. And you can see, um, it's not just when it comes to matters like this, when it comes to the border, when it comes to the economy, when it comes to, look folks, the fact of the matter is, there's mass murder going on in this country every damn night, particularly on the weekends, and especially on three-day holidays. And instead of really putting to the, the pedal to the metal, much like Reagan did, quite frankly, much like Republican governors in California did, three strikes and you're out, that's it, you're off the streets for good. Forget about bail reform, bail should be as high as possible, particularly for recidivists. There were, in fact, mental institutions operating, and I'm not talking about you know, Creedmoor, stuff like that. I'm talking about some that were quite effective. 
But these people were let out, so we get this massive homeless issue and other issues. You have school boards and superintendents that don't take the necessary steps to muscle up the facilities and the guards and the school systems. I'm not saying this works every time. Clearly it won't. But it sure as hell doesn't hurt. And you have these big, big social media companies that are monitoring people because they disagree with their opinions on transgenderism, they disagree with their opinions on masks, they disagree with their opinions on vaccines, that don't toe the line of the government and, and the left ideology. Well, why don't they have other people monitoring anybody who makes threats of mass killing? failure a failure with the so-called ruling class the incompetence the ideological blinders certainly in part I don't have all the answers I'm just explaining this mass murder as you might expect has been charged with seven counts of first-degree murder and they will have a lot more accounts of attempted murder of his illegal use of handguns and so forth, of, uh, excuse me, weapons and so forth. He's not going anywhere. July 4th, Independence Day. Do you know how many men and women, but mostly men, died during the Revolutionary War, Mr. Producer? Do you know America? Almost 25,000. The colonies had about 2 million people. 2.5 million tops. Can't be certain. 25,000. More than a third of them died on... British prison ships where they got dysentery they ate rancid food to the extent they could eat any food where they died horrible deaths they got smallpox smallpox was really foreign to America but the British soldiers when they occupied Boston and other areas brought it with them so wipe out large numbers of uh, of Americans, colonists. 25,000. How many died during the Civil War? On the Union side? About 400,000. Total casualties, 720,000. And then you can talk about World War I to protect this country. Could talk about World War II to protect this country. The Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Iraq War, the Afghan War, and on and on and on. Millions of red blooded Americans, many of them not much older than 20 years old. 
died for this country. What contributions exactly? What contributions exactly has AOC, Presley, Talib, Omar, and their ilk, what contributions have they made to the country? What contributions have these authors and speakers and seminar leaders and propagandists all made to the country by pushing critical race theory? What contribution? What contribution? Have any of the hosts on CNN and MSNBC made to this country? How about the owners of the Washington Post and the New York Times? What contributions have they made to this country? How about Pelosi and Schumer and Biden? Not talking about their extended family, talking about them. Other than getting elected to office and wielding all kinds of power. What kinds of contributions has Liz Cheney, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, Jamie Raskin made to this country? They create their own narrative. It's always self-righteous how they're defending democracy. How they're promoting we the people. How anyone and everyone who disagrees with them are undermining the society. National Public Radio scraps declaration reading tradition for equality discussion. It announced it was breaking its long-standing 4th of July tradition, writes Fox, of reading the Declaration of Independence to instead discuss what equality means. For the first 33 years past on NPR's Morning Edition, NPR staff have celebrated America's birthday by reading the founding document. However, a co-host... Lila Fidel announced on Twitter that this year they were scrapping that tradition to analyze what Thomas Jefferson meant by all men are created equal. I can help her if she needs it. But she won't like it. Because it involves natural law, natural rights that you and I have talked about. They don't believe in that. What followed was an 11-minute discussion between two historians and host Steve Inskeep on the steps Americans took in fighting for equal rights for men and women in this country. In the broadcast, the NPR host tied the fight for equality to recent rulings by the Supreme Court like Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And many of our debates on this July 4th, she said, turn on what equality means, what voting rules really give equal access to the ballot. Do abortion laws give a woman equal control of her body? At what point is a fetus entitled to equal rights? Without providing explanation, Inskeep, the host, 
said that Republicans wanted unequal voting power and connected that idea to the global move toward authoritarian rule. For some people, equality is out of style. Some people, progressives, prefer the term equity. Some Republicans in Texas and Colorado have called for unequal voting power, giving more weight to conservative voters. I have no idea what they're talking about. Gerrymandering, I guess, which, of course, the Democrats don't do. The global move toward authoritarian rule opposes equality, asserting that some people are more equal than others, the NPR host said. And it goes on. Why are we funding this? Why do we pay for our own destruction? Why do we pay to support institutions and individuals who hate our country? In universities and colleges, on public radio, on public TV, in Hollywood. Why? Why do we do that? Let me help this NPR individual. Equality, pure equality, when pursued, leads to North Korea, leads to Cambodia, and Pol Pot, leads to Venezuela, leads to communist China, all of which use genocide to achieve their ends. Perhaps they've heard of Mao and Lenin and Stalin, Castro. They always talked about equality. Equality, the common good, the interest of the whole, the communal. Thomas Jefferson did not mean that, NPR. What he meant was equality under the law. Equality and justice. Equality and opportunity. America has been imperfect in this regard, but has always pursued the right path. America is an imperfect country, but it's a great country. I know of no other country that fought a civil war to end slavery. None. With hundreds of thousands dead. And the people who attack Lincoln and the people who attack Grant and the people who attack this country. Not all, but generally can be said. have never stubbed a toe in support of this country. Lots more to say. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. 
Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Primus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Primus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So there they are, all the non-experts, experts on TV giving their opinions of what should have happened, could have happened, would have happened. Um, let me ask you something, Mr. Producer. Why do we have political commentators commenting on this stuff like they, like they know something? And why is it always Washington-centric? Yes, there's going to be a push for more gun control. It, 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 we, we never have the breadth of, 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 of experience at the local and state levels where this stuff goes on. The, the fulsome discussion that covers a whole uh, horizon of things of the sorts we've been talking about each time this happens. It's going to pass a law in Washington and that's going to fix it. No, that's the problem all the time. The law is just something on a piece of paper. If people don't enforce it, if people who run certain bureaucracies and so forth aren't doing their jobs, it doesn't matter. And there are also those occasions where everybody can act perfectly, but it still doesn't catch the guy. But we never have this honest discussion. It just does not happen. Call in the usual commentators here we go are the usual so-called experts and bring them in and so on no i'll be right back this segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by pure talk pure talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you thank you again for listening and thank you so much for this sponsorship pure talk he's here he's here now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Folks, one of my many criticisms of this January 6th committee is that it's basically a criminal investigation being conducted unconstitutionally. And then it's being used as a front for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington and the Attorney General of the United States, both of whom are dangerously political in their approach to the law. And you can see the media participation in this. So you're not only getting one side, a choreographed propaganda operation coming from Nancy Pelosi, the Democrats, the press, and the never-Trumpers. But it's worse. They are using 
their legislative investigative powers in ways that we've never seen before. That's why they have reportedly 11 former federal prosecutors on staff, including two former U.S. attorneys. And that's why, not coincidentally, the U.S. attorney seems to issue subpoenas at times that are beneficial to the committee and to the executive branch. Liz Cheney was on ABC's This Week. Adam Schiff, uh, he was on Sunday, too, with Deface the Nation. So they spread out their big-time gets by the bookers and these hosts on these Sunday shows, which are dying, by the way. The only one that's growing is mine, but that's beside the point. And um, they come in, and what are they saying? They're supposed to be conducting, at least theoretically, right, a legislative investigation to determine what to do to protect the Capitol building. But that's not what they're doing, because the main witness in that regard would be the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. But Nancy Pelosi is immune and protected by this committee. So they're not going to get to the bottom of that issue. Nor do they wish to explain any evidence or information that harms their narrative. Trump offering up the 20,000 armed military National Guardsmen two days before January 6th. There's five witnesses. Trump directing the Department of Defense after the election in November to prepare for transition from Trump to Biden. We had Cash Patel on this program who explained it, the former chief of staff at the Defense Department. These are just two issues. There's many more that give the lie to the idea that Trump is leading an insurrection. And of course, as I said many times, even before this election, and when you see what took place in 2000 with the Florida legislature and what they were planning to do, And when you read Bush versus Gore, the Florida legislature was planning to send their own electors to Washington because the state Supreme Court, filled with a bunch of radical Democrats, kept changing the law. Kept changing the law. The state legislature is in charge when it comes to electors in every state. Not the state Supreme Court or any court. Not the governor, not the attorney general, not the secretary of state. The legislature. It's right there in Article 2 for everybody to read. Anyway, so when you go on television for the 10th time, 100th time, and you keep talking about criminal referrals against Donald Trump and his people, and that the Department of Justice needs to prosecute. And if the Department of Justice doesn't prosecute, then our, our very democracy is in danger. You've given up exactly what you're about. You've given it up. Your whole purpose violates separation of powers. Your whole purpose is unconstitutional. 
Your entire existence is about settling scores, politicizing the process, actually criminalizing the politics. Now, let's be clear. Not only did Donald Trump offer the National Guard, Liz Cheney rejected it. The Capitol Police report to Liz Cheney. They rejected it. She clearly was told about it. And wouldn't it be nice? I meant Pelosi, excuse me. And wouldn't it be nice to get her under oath? Why are Liz Cheney, Adam Schiff, and the others censoring this? Or the offer, not the offer, the direction, the authorization to conduct the transition. But it's more than that. They've had various flunkies up there. They've had staffers like Hutchison, who nobody really remembers. They've had cabinet secretaries like Bill Barr, who has a new uh, lease on political life and situations like that. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, the voting machines were not seized. Not because some junior staffer or somebody else told Trump not to seize voting machines. Because he took no actions as president of the United States. He didn't direct the military. He didn't direct DHS to seize the machines. It never happened. He didn't direct them to seize ballots. It never happened. He didn't direct them to seize drop boxes. It never happened. He didn't direct them to seize anything. There was no coup. Well, they talked to legislatures about sending a different slate of electors. They're allowed to do that may not be wise, you may not agree with it. You may not even think it's ethical. But it's not unlawful and it's certainly not criminal. It's politics that's permitted under our constitutional system. You had Democrats as recently as 2016 urging Republican electors chosen by their party, elected to vote for Donald Trump and Mike Pence for the presidency and vice presidency, you had Republican electors being lobbied to either vote for a Democrat, Hillary Clinton, withhold their vote, or another Republican so that Hillary Clinton could win. That's what they did. There's video of it. There's audio of it. It's all over the internet. Now, there was no hearing held. There was no grand jury to figure out what these people were up to, who was coordinating with whom. There weren't a rash of subpoenas issued. There was no federal grand jury investigating any of this. But this is what happened. And worse... Russia collusion. 
which was used as a basis to try and undermine the results of the 2016 election to cripple the duly legitimately elected president and his policies and then pressure by Schumer and Pelosi and others for a special counsel to conduct a criminal investigation of the president of the United States the claim being he colluded with the Russians which was a lie perpetrated by the DNC, Hillary Clinton, the Clinton campaign, and her lawyers, with the support of bureaucrats at the highest levels of the FBI and the intel agencies, as well as the Obama administration, to try and destroy Donald Trump. Now, none of that has occurred with respect to Trump and his people. None of it. So the idea that Liz Cheney is going to fly in with her cape and protect our democracy from Donald Trump or that Adam Schiff is going to... Adam Schiff was a perpetrator. Adam Schiff is an enemy. An enemy of the Constitution. And honestly, what the hell has Liz Cheney ever done for the country? Ever. Other than feed off of it. Nothing. She's there to settle a score. Donald Trump dared to rip Jeb Bush. The Bush clan and the Cheney clan have never gotten over it. Donald Trump was among the most vociferous and aggressive opponents of the Iraq war. Her father was the opposite. One of the strongest promoters of the Iraq war. Liz Cheney opposed the election of Donald Trump. That is his nomination. She was a never-Trumper. Liz Cheney embraced lies about Donald Trump, closing his eyes to Vladimir Putin assassinating American soldiers. It never happened. But she promoted it. She promoted it. Liz Cheney opposed Donald Trump's approach to NATO, which actually strengthened NATO. Openly opposed it. And she opposed many of his other positions. And her view is to prevent a man like that from ever serving as the Republican president of the United States. That is somebody who so fervently disagrees with her. That's what she's all about. That's why the Republican caucus... Kicked her out of the number three slot. She's doing her own bidding. She's pushing her own policies. She's a throwback to the Bush-Cheney era. And she has put her personal pursuits and clearly narcissism ahead of the country. Just as the Democrats put their party ahead of the country. Liz Cheney's on ABC's This Week for one reason and one reason only on Sunday. To promote the most radical attack on former President Trump from this committee. She is the most radical member on this committee filled with reds 
and leftists. Cut 13, go. So the, the, the committee will or will not make a criminal referral? That, we'll make a decision as a committee about it. So um, it's possible there will be a criminal referral, which yes. would be effectively the committee saying that he should be prosecuted, and this is the I evidence mean, that we've... Uncovered. The Justice Department doesn't have to wait for the committee to make a criminal referral, right. uh, and there could be more than one criminal referral. Are you worried about what that means for the country to, be, to see a former president prosecuted, a former president who is a likely candidate, who may in fact be running for president against Biden, it would be Biden's Justice Department, it would be prosecuting. I have greater concern about what it would be. So let's stop there. She doesn't care. It doesn't even enter her mind. That's what I said. She doesn't give a damn about this country. Not a damn. Go ahead. Um, If people weren't held accountable. For what's happened here. I, I think it's a much graver constitutional threat if a president can engage in these kinds of activities and, um, you know, the majority of, of the president's party looks away uh, or we as a country decide, you know, we're not actually going to take our constitutional obligation seriously. I think that's a much, a much more serious threat. Now, you can see what an egomaniac she is. And you can see how she argues like a leftist. So if you do not agree with her, like the majority of the Republican Party, then there's something wrong with the majority of the Republican Party. Or she said in the past, it's like a cult. And yet she claims to support democracy, Mr. Producer. That's majority rule, democracy. And our constitutional obligations, she says, So now she, just like the left, wraps herself in the Constitution while she's crapping all over it on this committee. Would you invite Liz Cheney on? Have we invited her on recently, Mr. Producer? Invite her on the program. She's showing up everywhere else. Let's continue. By the way, the the half-awake so-called reporter questioning her is a guy by the name of John Carl. Cut 14, go. You said recently the country is now in a battle we must win against a former president trying to unravel our constitutional republic. What will it mean for that battle? A former president trying to unravel our constitutional republic. Well, we have a president in the Oval Office now who's doing exactly that. His war on the Supreme Court, his open borders, his, his failure to enforce immigration laws, in violation also of Article 2 in the Federal Constitution. Not a word. Go ahead. Republican primary in Wyoming. Well, I don't intend to lose the Republican primary in Wyoming. Um, How important is it that you win for that larger battle? Well, I think it's important because I will be the best representative (laughs) of the people of Wyoming. can have the single most important thing um, is protecting the nation from Donald Trump. You see what I mean? She is a head case. She is completely unhinged. More when I return. Mark Lovin.
Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. So Republicans are adults. Liz Cheney is God. And she wants to protect the party and the nation from Donald Trump. Look, I don't care who you support. That's beside the point. Cut 15, go. Can the Republican Party survive in the way you've known it if Donald Trump is again chosen? Gee, what a brilliant question, huh? Go ahead. It can't survive if he's our nominee. No. No. Um, I think that that he can't be the party nominee, and I don't think the party would survive that. I believe in the party, and I believe in what the party can be and what the party can stand for. So the party would not survive Donald Trump? The Republican Party wouldn't survive Donald Trump? What would happen to the Republican Party, even if it lost? It wouldn't survive? What kind of an idiot is this? What kind of a moron is this? This is somebody who's sort of Adam Schiff in a dress, if you want to know the truth. I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Oh, and I'm not done. One more Liz Cheney in this softball interview. Cut 16, go. So you told me last year, this is a direct quote, I will do everything I can to To make sure he's not the nominee uh, and, uh, you know, everything necessary to make sure that uh, he never gets anywhere close to the Oval Office again. Have these hearings gotten you closer to that goal, making him toxic and and Have you ever heard an interview like this before, America? 
Who's toxic? She's toxic. She's unhinged. She's a head case. And her goal is to make sure he doesn't get anywhere near. And see, she's the one fighting for, quote unquote, democracy. Isn't that the point of primaries? If she wants to run primaries against Donald Trump, do it. But that's not what she's doing, at least not yet. She's using your tax dollars and this government activity to try and do as much damage to Donald Trump without anybody representing a different point of view on this committee. She's trying to do it as much as possible. That's why she was very excited and anxious to be a Nancy Pelosi lapdog, but for a different reason than Pelosi, but ultimately the same endpoint to destroy Trump. Go ahead. That's not the goal of the hearings. Um, but you said it was your your priority. I think it's important, but I don't want you to convey the impression that somehow the hearings are, are political. What? You don't want him to convey the impression that somehow the hearings are political? How stupid is that? How stupid is that? Well, what are they then? They legislative? You don't call Pelosi? You don't call anybody who was responsible for protecting the building? This is politics through and through. It's the criminalization of politics. And they are doing a lot of the dirty work for the U.S. attorney in D.C. and the attorney general, both of whom are cravenly and obsessively partisan. Now, if you're foolish enough to watch ABC's This Week, maybe you'll turn the channel and you'll watch Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan. And guess who he, she has on? Adam Schiff. Why would you bring Adam Schiff on? He's not trustworthy. He lied all through Russia collusion. But that's why. It's CBS. Cut 17, go. Vice Chair of the Committee, Liz Cheney, said not prosecuting former President Trump over the attack on the Capitol would be a much graver constitutional threat to the country than the political difficulties involved. Now, let's uh, stop right there. So we have one host of a Sunday show on CBS quoting the guest on a Sunday show on ABC. Where John Carl... Margaret Brennan and Liz Cheney all agree with each other. And you can see that based on the way the questions are asked. And then she raises Liz Cheney's comment to Adam Schiff. And she knows that Adam Schiff hates Trump. She knows that he is a congenital liar, a serial liar. And this is how it works. This is how you push the propaganda. There will be no surprise on what Adam Schiff has to say. None. Go ahead. In charges. She said this in an ABC interview. She also said there are possible criminal referrals, not just one, but multiple. Do you agree? Wow. Uh, Do you agree? What a question. I do. I do. Go ahead. I do. Uh, You know, for four years, the Justice Department took the position that you can't indict a sitting president. Uh, if the department were now to take the position that you can't investigate or indict a former president, then a president becomes above the law. That's there a you very go. D- there you go. 
So he wanted Trump indicted while he was president. Now he wants Trump indicted after president. Why don't they indict Joe Biden? They won't even investigate him. Where's the special counsel there? We know all about Joe, right? Joe's corrupt. He's crooked. His whole damn family is. Go ahead. This idea that the founders would have never subscribed to, uh, even more dangerous, I think, in the case of Donald Trump. Now they embrace the founders. I thought they were a bunch of white, slave-owning, what did that guy call them, something faces, jerk faces. I thought January 4th was a disaster. We shouldn't say, now the founders, this is why I always tell you, they use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. This man is the enemy of the Republic. This man will do anything to promote himself. He is unbalanced, truly unbalanced. And these people act like Marxists, even Liz Cheney. For her, it's about winning the day in power. And for people like Schiff, it's the party over the country. The ends justify the means. Go ahead. You know, Donald Trump is someone who has shown when he's not held accountable, he goes on to commit worse and worse abuses of power. What does uh, that mean? He's not held accountable. He never did anything. Not held accountable. It's this little dork who's never held accountable. Cut 18, Mr. Producer, go. But there will be a political... Why am I doing this? To annoy you? I'm doing this to show you what these people are up to. This is very, very serious. The bastardization of the committee process. The use of former federal prosecutors. The charges of contempt against individuals to try and threaten them and pressure them and imprison them. The abuse of power, the cherry-picking of so-called evidence, the cherry-picking of so-called witnesses, pressuring witnesses, tampering with evidence, concealing exculpatory information to build a criminal predicate or more than one to give to a U.S. attorney who is a political hack and an attorney general who's the biggest political hack we've ever seen in that office, and that's saying something. Go ahead. But there will be a political calculus to this as well. This is an incredibly divided country right now. Millions of people voted for the former president and still believe wrongly that he won the election. Prosecuting him, isn't there a very high risk to that? Uh, You know, it's certainly not a step to be taken lightly at all. By the way, Uh, Margaret, did you say to the Democrats that Donald Trump won the election in 2016, fair and square? Or did you pursue Russia collusion? I'm just curious, what was the position of CBS News? CBS. Go ahead. Same time immunizing a former president uh, who has engaged in wrongdoing. Uh, okay, would... why is this important? Again, because he and Cheney and the phony hosts, Carl and Brennan, have moved far afield from what happened on January 6th and legislatively, what are they going to do? 
Not one question on legislatively how are you going to protect this building in the future. Or what did Nancy Pelosi know? Or why did Nancy Pelosi turn down the National Guard? Or why isn't any of this information being presented? Now they know about the National Guard because I've been talking about it. And they listen to this show. They listen to this show. They watch my Sunday show. How does that Levin do it? How does he do it? Go ahead. Our vice chair, I think, is more dangerous than anything else. Uh, and the decision not to move forward with an investigation or not to move forward with the prosecution because of someone's political status or political influence or because they have a following, to me, that is a far more dangerous thing. So to why haven't you called Nancy Pelosi as a witness? Actually, more than a witness. Why haven't you called Nancy Pelosi to testify under oath? Either they give a deposition or in front of the public. Why haven't you secured by subpoena Nancy Pelosi's texts and emails, hard documentation? Why haven't you subpoenaed any of the people around Nancy Pelosi to testify? Why haven't you done any of that? Because of her political position, Adam is that why? Doesn't Adam seem like the kind of guy as a kid that used to beat the crap out of Mr. Producer? It's like his chance to get even. I think so. Anyway, this is what's going on. It's, it's way out in the open now, folks. It's out in the open, what they're doing. They are pushing. They are using this committee unconstitutionally, if not illegally, to push hard. Her charges to be brought against the president. They know they will have the media behind them, including Never Trumper media. On the Wall Street Journal editorial. Did you read this thing from Peggy Noonan? Oh, my God. I almost threw up. Remind me to stop reading this woman. I stopped re- reading her years and years ago. Such a drama queen. So, so attentive to herself and how she's viewed and. So dramatic and high regard for herself. Such a stupid piece, she wrote. And of course, her loving website manager, that's pretty much what Drudge has become, a website manager, slobbers all over it. Her piece on June 30th, the courage of January 6th witness Cassidy Hutchison. She showed more guts than any of Trump's men. Her testimony strengthens the case for prosecution. The Never Trumpers. The Rhinos. Now she's tight with Paul Ryan, and they're both tight with Fred Ryan, the CEO of the Washington Compost and the chairman of the Reagan Library and Foundation. This is why you see a conga line of retreads, losers, as well as uh, wannabes, now speaking at the Reagan Library. The Reagan Library is no longer the place that secures and protects the Reagan legacy. What a disgusting disgrace these people are. That would be the Reagan Ranch. And right here, the Reagan studio, wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? 
but certainly not these retreads. They should be at the Gerald Ford Library. The Gerald Ford Library. Or maybe the Herbert Hoover Library. Maybe the Warren Harding Library. Does he have a library? I don't even know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. I put up a little post, a lot of them actually, over the weekend, didn't I, Mr. Producer? He was getting them at 3 in the morning, 5 in the morning. I was busy. I'm also working on a project that I can't talk about, so I'm very, very busy, and I'm up a lot working on it. Here's what I posted. What was this? Yesterday, I guess, Rich. The media and the Democrats, one and the same, through their Stalinist January 6th committee, are trying to portray Trump as an emotionally unbalanced, foul-mouthed man, unfit for the presidency. My personal dealings with him have found nothing of the kind, quite the opposite. And he was an incredibly successful president, despite all the corrupt efforts to destroy him and his administration. Too numerous to list. But now would be a good time to read. (coughs) Excuse me. But now would be a good time to read the Bill Clinton grand jury testimony or the civil lawsuit against him. Uh, Hell, did I lose it? No, there it is. Uh, and the civil lawsuit against him to recall what a reprobate Clinton was defended by his party and much of the press. Or listen to the LBJ tapes. A friend of mine sent me these tapes. I mean, they are unbelievable. Horrific. Listen to the LBJ tapes, some of which you can find online. He was an unhinged, sleazy, corrupt person in numerous ways. He even tapped the phones of his vice president, Hubert Humphrey, and Republican opponent, Barry Goldwater. Now, of course, JFK slept with anything that moved, including a young intern, East German spies, starlets, a mob boss girl, and wives of friends, so forth. And his ascendancy to the presidency was paved in part with payoffs by his lawless Third Reich sympathizing father, Joe Sr. In fact, it was so bad that FDR had to pull him out of the ambassadorship of Britain. Truman was known to have a hot temper and short fuse, not to mention a tart tongue, for which he was admired and celebrated by the press and historians. FDR saw enemies everywhere, and he unleashed the IRS and FBI to ruin them. Read the histories of racist Woodrow Wilson, his segregationist policies, and I go on and on to make the point 
Donald Trump was a saint when you compare him to all these people. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I'll let you in on a little secret. One of the things that I'm struggling with intellectually, why do so many people hate this country? Now, without just popping off for some superficial response, it really is something that needs to be smartly explored. Now, we've talked about it in different ways, the indoctrination, Marxism, and so forth, but what, what is it that perpetuates this? Is it the human mind? Is it the weakness of the human spirit? What is it? Is it evil? Is it all these things and other things? So this is what I'm trying to figure out. 
Yeah, I know. People say, well, how was your fourth? It was great. But this is what I do. I sit there with notepads. I try to read some of the great philosophers. I try to read history. I try to figure these things out. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. Why are wealthy people among those who hate us the most and trying to destroy the country? There have been theories, many. Why are so many people who hate the country attracted to the press? What is the real purpose of the Democrat Party? What is the real purpose of the Republican establishment? And even politics aside, how come people who are born into such an unbelievable society like no other human beings since the beginning of mankind want to burn it down regardless of their ideology surely they have to know they have a good in their heart of hearts in their own minds what is it when I keep talking about the imperfections of society like that is a righteous endeavor how about contributing to society by making something for yourself a success but we can't even define success anymore this is one of the things I'm working on maybe it's a little too up there Mr. Producer to figure out there'll be a thousand answers but maybe it's a thousand and one that's needed at least that's my thinking so this is the sort of thing I'm trying to to figure out by the way there's a great book it's not a book that you just sit down and read unless you're of that mindset but it is a huge book And I have the 15th anniversary edition of A Patriot's History of the United States. This book is really something. It's really something. You know, I have hundreds and hundreds of books. Maybe it's a thousand books. I don't know. But there's a section on the Democrat Party. There's been a lot of debate about, or let me put it differently, wrongful information about how that party was started and who started it. A lot of the Democrats like to say it was Jefferson. Started the Democrat, Republican, Republican, Democrat party that became the Democrat party. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. Just another lie. Ever hear Martin Van Buren, Mr. Producer? But like most, you don't know anything about Martin Van Buren. He didn't really leave a mark or anything, did he? He was president after Andrew Jackson. And Andrew Jackson didn't believe in debt. He didn't believe in paper money. He didn't believe in the National Bank. Anyway, as he was leaving office, the economy crashed. It was bigger than the Great Depression of the 1930s. 
it was a tremendous depression for which Martin Van Buren was blamed and never recovered. And Martin Van Buren was a powerhouse in New York. A powerhouse. Which is why he served with Jackson. Particularly a political powerhouse. He is considered the real founding father of the Democratic Party. The modern Democrat Party, without question. They write here that he came from a faction of the Republican Party, as the son of a tavern owner from Kinderhook, New York. Van Buren was known as the Little Magician, and his political group was known as the Old Kinderhook, which became the basis for our modern term, OK. If you were a member of the club, you were a member of OK. Because of his father's middle-class status, Van Buren resented the aristocratic land-owning families and found enough other like-minded politicians to control the New York State Constitutional Convention in 1821, enacting universal manhood suffrage. You know, voting used to be based on property ownership. On a small-scale suffrage reflected the strategy Van Buren intended to see throughout the nation, an uprising against the privileged classes and a radical democratization of the political process. He learned to employ newspapers as no other political figure had, linking journalists' success to the fortunes of his party. Above all, Van Buren perceived the, necessary, the necessity of discipline and organization, which he viewed as beneficial to the masses he sought to organize. He was a populist. Yet Van Buren personally embodied the contradictions the Democratic Party would soon exhibit, his party that he founded, espousing liberty while protecting slavery. Van Buren had inherited a slave from his father. The slave ran off when he was a teenager, but developed a sharp distaste for the institution. While working local and state politics in New York, Van Buren hit upon the strategy he intended to use throughout the nation by focusing on suffrage, that is, getting out the vote. Sound familiar? Getting out the vote. Mm-hmm. This constituted an uprising against the privileged classes and a radical democratization of the process. As one political opponent marveled at Van Buren's patronage network, what he did through the radical democratization of the political process is he also greased that process by awarding government jobs to his party apparatchiks. As one political opponent marveled at Van Buren's patronage network in New York, he said the wires of political machinery were attached to strings in every county in the state. Van Buren learned to employ newspapers as no other political figure had, linking journalists' success to the fortunes of his party. As Duff Green, one of the editor allies, wrote, party is everything. Now keep this in mind with the modern Democrat Party. Even while he took Van Buren's money, Green recognized the dangers of a politicized press, writing in 1826. 
It is in vain to talk of a free press when the favor of power is essential to the support of editors. And the money of the people by passing through the hands of the executive is made to operate as a bribe against liberty. But above all, Van Buren perceived the necessity of discipline and organization, which he viewed as beneficial to the masses he sought to organize. You notice an overlay here with Marxism? Now keep something in mind. There was no Marxism in 1826. But there's an overlay, isn't there? With his allies in the printing businesses, Van Buren's party covered the state with handbills, posters, editorials, even ballots. Ballots. Van Buren's plan also took into account the liberalization of voting requirements in the states. By 1820, most states had abandoned property requirements for voting, greatly increasing the electorate. In contrary to expectations, voter participation actually fell. In fact, when property restrictions were in place, voter participation was the highest in American history. More than 70% in Mississippi, 1823, and Missouri, 1820. More than 80% in Delaware, 1804, and New Hampshire, 1814, and an incredible 97% of those eligible voting in 1819. Why? Because they had a property interest. And they wanted to protect it. The key to getting out the vote in the new, larger, but less vested electorate was a hotly contested election. Please, this is important. Especially where parties were most evenly balanced. There occurred the highest voter turnout with spectacular increases in Maine, New Hampshire, the middle states, Kentucky and Ohio. Or put another way, good old-fashioned partisanship at the time Madison had extolled, energized the electorate. So what did we learn so far? Van Buren wanted massive voting. He wanted to unconnect it, disconnect it from various property interests. Okay, fair enough. He loaded the bureaucracy with Democrat apparatchiks because he wanted to control the government. And he wanted to create jealousies and anger and disputation in order for his party, the Democrat Party, to pull together a coalition to win. Does that not sound like today, Mr. Producer? The key to getting out the vote was a hotly contested election. Van Buren absorbed the impact of these changes. He relished confrontation. Known as the Little Magician or Red Fox of Kinderhook, Van Buren organized a group of party leaders in New York, referred to as the Albany Regency, to direct a national campaign. Where some scholars make it appear that Van Buren only formed the new party in reaction to what he saw as John Quincy Adams' outright theft of the 1824 election from Jackson. He had, in fact, already put the machinery in motion for much different reasons. For one thing, he disliked what today would be called a new tone in Washington. Monroe's willingness to appoint former Federalists to government positions, or a practice called the Monroe Heresy. The New Yorker wanted conflict and wanted it hot, hot conflict, as a means to exclude the hated Federalists from power. The election of 1824 at best provided a stimulant 
for the core idea for future action already formed in Van Buren's brain. More when we return. Mark Lovin. So as I give you some history about Mount, uh, um, Martin Van Buren and the founding of the Democrat Party, you can see that this party was birthed, not on principle, but on scheming, on fighting, on, un, on uh, uncompromising ends justify the means. So Van Buren saw the Missouri Compromise as a threat, and at the same time an opportunity. Intuitively, Van Buren recognized that the immorality of slavery and the South's intransigence on it would lead to secession and possibly a war. His solution was to somehow prevent the issue from even being discussed in the political context, an objective he sought to attain through the creation of a new political party dedicated to no other principle than holding power. No other principle than holding power. When the Jeffersonians killed off the Federalist Party, they lost their identity. As the party of the whole nation, the Republican Party ceased to be responsive to any particular elements in its constituency. As he would later outline in an 1827 letter to Virginia, to Virginian Thomas Ritchie, Van Buren argued that political combinations between the inhabitants of the different states are unavoidable. And the most natural and beneficial to the country is that between the planters of the South and the plain Republicans of the North. Now, this alliance soon called the Richmond-Albany Axis joined the free soil Van Buren with the old Richmond Hunter, which included Ritchie, editor of the Enquirer, and other Southern leaders, including William Crawford of Georgia. Without a national party system, he contended, the clamor against the southern influence and African slavery would increase. Look what a conniving SOB he is. But on the other hand, if Van Buren successfully managed to align with southern interests, how could his party avoid the charge of being pro-slavery in campaigns? The answer, he concluded, rested in excluding slavery from the national debate in its entirety. If through party success and discipline he could impose a type of moratorium on all discussion of slavery issues, the South and the nation would be safe. Thus appeared the Jacksonian Democratic Party, or simply the Democrats. Van Buren's vision for maintaining national unity evolved from the notion that money corrupts, a point that Andrew Jackson himself would make repeatedly, and which Jefferson endorsed. And therefore, the majority was strongest where it was purest, least subject to the corrupting power of money, which was the South. Ironically, it was exactly the corrupting power of money that Van Buren intended to harness in order to enforce discipline. The growing size of the federal government, especially in some departments like the post office, provided an ever larger pool of government jobs with which he would reward supporters at the state level, too. Governments were growing. Van Buren realized that when federal, state, local, and party jobs were combined, they provided a significant source of compensation for the most loyal party leaders. Certainly not everyone would receive a government or party job, but 
a hierarchy was established from precinct to ward to district and to state and the national level through which effective partisans were promoted. Then when they attained a statewide level of success, they were converted into federal or state employees. The spoil system. Spoil system inordinately relied on a fiercely partisan and often nasty press to churn out reasons to vote for the appropriate candidate and to besmirch the record and integrity of the opponent. All the papers were wholly owned subsidiaries of the political parties and usually carried the party name. This Van Buren understood, exploited, and expanded. The bureaucracy, partisanship, hot disagreements, getting out the vote, controlling the voting system, this has always been the position of the Democrat Party, as it is today. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. The governor of New Jersey on CNN today, war has been declared by a right-wing Supreme Court block against American women. You believe that? They use the terms of war, political terms, and then they, they wonder why people lose their minds, those who have lost their minds and they're unhinged, and they want gun control. It's slobs like this guy, Phil Murphy, it's slobs like him that light the fuse. You heard Joe Biden trashing our country on July 4th. This country has given the Bidens nothing but power and wealth. And that family is filled with low life, starting with Joe Biden. That's right, I said it and I mean it. The man has accomplished only because of government, the positions he holds, an utter failure otherwise, but he has spent his entire life at the public trough, and not just ours, at foreign governments too. War with the Supreme Court. Supreme Court Marshal, this is just the news, appeals to Virginia and Maryland governors to help stop protests as Department of Justice demurs. So the Marshal of the Supreme Court, who's responsible for protecting that building and protecting the justices with a tiny staff, cannot get the Attorney General of the United States to protect the justices from people who are keeping their little ones awake, from people who are protesting in front of their homes in violation of a federal criminal statute. These people are committing felonies. And the Attorney General of the United States won't do a damn thing about it. And the U.S. attorneys appointed by Biden in these states won't do a damn thing about it. They're very busy, you know, capturing 65-year-old men and 58-year-old women who marched on January 6th on the Capitol grounds and destroying their lives. 
Now, we know we have nut jobs out there. We just saw it. We see all the shooting that's going on. And yet, the Attorney General of the United States refuses to protect these justices against these protesters. Oh, they have the marshals out there in case somebody, you know, rushes for the front door. So that's not what I'm talking about. The perimeter. So the Supreme Court marshal has to appeal to the Republican governor of Virginia and the Republican governor of Maryland to protect the Supreme Court justices. Meanwhile, there's always a meanwhile, isn't there? The idiot, a.k.a. Biden, they've announced he's going to honor uh, Megan... How do you pronounce it? Rapone. Megan Rapone with a Medal of Freedom. She trashes America on July 4th. She trashes America left and right. And she's going to get the Medal of Freedom, Mr. Producer. The Medal of Freedom. She should get the Medal of Big Mouth. Why would she accept the Medal of Freedom, such a lousy country? I so despise these people. You have no idea. Well, maybe you do. I so despise them. They live off of this country. They live in luxury. They, they feed off the American people. Take from them. And yet hate you. Same with the media. and Same with the rest. This guy, Schmuck Todd the way he conducts his interviews. Why is he conducting interviews? He should be one of these crackpot guests. Not a host. Why is he a host? Or this Joy Reid, a complete racist anti-Semite. Or uh, Tiffany, uh, what's her name? Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. What a buffoon or Joe Scarborough a failed congressman a failed radio there he is at MSLSD with his with his lovely bride all right let's take some calls Michael Jackson Wisconsin XM satellite a trucker Michael go right ahead please good evening it's a pleasure to speak to you thank you I'm a truck driver out here in Wyoming, and I'm I'm headed up to Jackson Hole, where Mm -hmm. I don't really care to go, but uh, I'm calling about Liz Cheney. Um, She owns it for the majority of the Wyoming people. She voted against the dumping against the Wyoming people, but I don't see how any of us can... Honestly, she said she's the best one to represent Wyoming, but from what I understand is she spends very little time in Wyoming and very little time speaking to the people of Wyoming in the various stores and pubs and ranches and so forth that you have in Wyoming. Instead, she just bounces around to various broadcast platforms hoping to get the word out. And she's also asking Democrats to change and go over to the Republican primary to vote for it. Did you know that? Yes, sir, I do, and it's disgusting. Yeah. All right, sir, thank you for what you do. Much appreciated. Let's continue. 
Let's go to Christina. Reston, Virginia, the great WMAL. Christina, go right ahead, please. Hello, Mr. Levin. Um, I just want to say thank you for your undying support for law enforcement. Every single night, you close out with appreciation to military and law enforcement. Thank you. And that is very dear and near to my heart because my husband is a police officer. And I just say that we must support our law enforcement. What will we do without them? Mm-hmm. Um Instead of making it harder for them to do their jobs by scrutinizing everything they do do under a microscope, dissecting every word they speak, and quickly crucifying them for everything that they do, we must support them. And it's like, why is it okay for protesters like Black Lives Matter to boldly step out and take on the streets and speak evil in the name of freedom of speech? But when I do in support of law enforcement, why is that such a problem? Why is there such a hate? It's very tiring and exhausting to go from explaining my husband's job to people now to defending his job. It shouldn't be that way. But I am very thankful for a big platform like yours who have big support for law enforcement because we need them. We need them. I, I want you to know and your husband and your whole family to know that the vast majority of the American people do support local law enforcement do support local law enforcement want them to be paid better want them to be protected with immunity and want them to have bigger local police departments to protect us that's why they're there to protect us and so i agree with you 100 percent christina and we lived a period of time in Reston, Virginia. It was very nice. Now it's all Democrat, but that's the nature of the beast, I suppose. Like locusts, you know. But Christina, thank your husband for us. Don't give me out any more information or everybody will know who you are. Then you'll really get it. Uh, but thank you very, very much. And my best to your husband, and we, we hope he remains safe. Let us go to Mark. In Seattle, Washington, the great KTTH. Mark, go right ahead, please. Yeah, I'm I'm over in Cleelum, Washington. It's about 110 miles east of Seattle in the in in the better part of the state of uh, Washington. But uh, 48 years ago, I moved away from Highland Park, Illinois. Uh, my great 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 grandfather started uh, our family back there. Uh, and I live, when I moved from there, I was one block and three houses from where the shooting took place. And your call screener told me uh, that uh, uh, you had already mentioned that. Don't worry, that about, don't worry about what he told you or you told him. Tell us what you want to tell us. Okay, I'm just telling you that I didn't know whether or not you knew that Highland Park and Deerfield, Illinois, have really restricted gun laws. Mm-hmm. They have. You can't have any uh, um, large magazines or or uh, what they call assault rifles, uh, and that is part of the laws. So when these people are all going to yell up and down how much taking all this stuff away and having all these laws against this stuff, uh, it just goes to show it doesn't make any difference. I guess the murderer didn't care, did he? Imagine that. Imagine that. How This is what's so ridiculous about all this, uh, that they think this is going to solve the problem. The problem is many of the people who believe 
gun control or whatever we want to call it, gun confiscation they even talk about now is going to fix the problem. Are many of the people who have contributed to and continue to contribute to the demise of the culture? And that's a fact. All right, Mark, I want to thank you. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Today's July 5th, Mr. Producer. Now, on July 4th, we celebrate Independence Day. You know what this family, my family, celebrates on July 5th? The birthday of my mother-in-law, our matriarch, Sylvia. Fantastic lady. She's got incredible energy. I don't know where she gets all this energy from. But she's uh, just terrific to her son-in-law, me, a great cook, great mother, great grandmother, and a very accomplished lady. So uh, we want to wish her a very, very happy birthday to Sylvia, as does Mr. Producer, as does Mr. Call Screener, both of whom met her, have met her. She's a real firecracker, isn't she, guys? Wonderful lady. Really engaged. You think I'm conservative? You don't know conservative. It's hilarious. But she's just terrific. Do I have time to take some calls here? Carol! Austin, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Thanks for your undying support of the Constitution and the Republic and its future. Thank you. Mark, you nailed it in tonight's monologue when you opened. The country is, the culture is diseased. And that disease, we shouldn't talk about cancel culture. We should talk about cancer culture because Mm. the cancer has eaten away at personal responsibility. That's what's wrong from the shooter in Highland park and the people around him who knew he was sick, even was only self harm to the politicians in Washington who go there for their livelihoods and their careers to benefit themselves at the expense of the American public Personal responsibility is what has been eaten away in this country. And the answer you were looking for an hour ago to what's the 1001 reason they hate America? They hate America because America stands for personal responsibility. Beautifully put, Carol. Cancer culture. That is really the appropriate phrase, I'm afraid. Thank you. We support our law enforcement, military. Emergency personnel, firefighters, we support the truckers and our brothers and sisters in Ukraine having a hell of a time. God bless each and every one of you. 